0: The following program is sponsored by the National Prayer Chapel.
1: I'm pressing on. And catch a gleam of glory bright, but still I'll pray till heaven I find. Lord, lead me on to high.
0: Spirit is calling us to higher ground. We have lived long enough in the lowlands calling ourselves Christians looking at the doctrines studying the Bible on occasion but no power no power for the work of the gospel. Many of you have not ever brought a person to Jesus Christ. You can't look at one person and say, it was my testimony, it was the power of God moving through my life that brought this person to Jesus. That's not the way it's supposed to be. He wants us to move past the earthly life. He wants fellowship with us. But before he can lead you into such a life he first has to be allowed to deal to the very bottom with all that is natural in you love of money personal ambition natural affection for parents and loved ones the appetites of the body the love of life itself All that makes even a converted person live unto himself for his own comfort, his own advantage, for his own advancement, even for his own circle of friends, it all has to go to the cross. If you want to walk on higher ground, all that you are must go to the cross. There is a much higher place that God has for us. And I fear that many of you will live your whole life out in the lowlands. You'll live enjoying the natural life of man, the natural life of woman. You'll be filled with your goals and your your hopes and your desires. You will work hard for money you'll sacrifice your life so that you can live the life you please to live this is not what god is calling us to he's calling us to lay down our lives to lay down our comfort and our advantage he's asking us to lay down our own advancement he's asking us to lie down or to lay down our friends our family. Jesus did not come to bring peace. He came to bring a sword, a separation between those who love Him and those who say they love Him but love the world and the ways of darkness. I fear for many of you because you still love the ways of darkness, you still walk in the known sin and rebellion you've never come to the place where you finally say okay i'm done one dear brother i spoke with he called me on the telephone what he said was music to my ears after all of these years he said pastor i am done i am done with low life i'm done with worldly life i am done with half-hearted christianity i want the fullness of jesus i rejoice in his testimony this death this crucifixion that we're called to is not a theoretical death it is literally a real crucifixion with christ such as only the Holy Spirit himself can make actually happen in the experience of his called ones. He uses a crisis and he uses a process. The crisis that he will use will draw us into a place of confrontation. It'll draw us into a place of decision. As the dear brother said earlier this week, He was living with a woman who did not love Jesus. And he finally had to leave and stop the sexual portion. He had to move into his own place. He's engaged. He loves this woman. The only answer is he must pray. And he must put her on the cross. And he must be willing to walk away if that's what Jesus asks him to do. Everything must go to the cross. The Holy Spirit brings this experience to His servants, both as crisis and process. Now, Paul's testimony has to become our testimony I have been and still am crucified with Christ. The self must be released from itself to become the agent of the Holy Spirit. As the crucifixion proceeds, there will be inner burdens that call you to pray. There will be inner burdens that are heavy on your heart. Along with those heavy burdens on your heart will be a call to absolute outward obedience to Jesus The Spirit of God begins to live His own life of love and sacrifice for a lost world through this cleansed channel created by the Holy Spirit, cleansed by the blood of Jesus. Do you understand? You are called to serve Jesus Christ. You are not called to serve yourself, you are called to be holy and as the call to be holy comes to you crisis will come upon your life now if that process is not allowed to take place and you make other decisions the holy spirit will withdraw from you and he will be silent Many of you have thought that it was natural and normal for the Holy Spirit to withdraw and be gone. You don't even recognize he's gone from your life. You have your religion. You have your religious rituals. You have your social life. You have your, your money and your house and your car. You don't even know the Holy Spirit is missing from your life. You just have religion. This is not the way we're called. But this is what happened to Abraham. It's frightening to me. Abraham is promised by God that he will have a son. A miraculous son, a son of promise. But he's impatient with God. He sees that he's growing older. And so Sarai, Abraham's wife, who had borne him no children, had an Egyptian maidservant named Hagar. I would guess they found this servant down in Egypt where they did not belong. See, what happens is on the journey, as we don't walk in the power and presence of the Holy Spirit, we begin to collect people and things that are not of God. And those things, when we collect them, become stumbling blocks and now this beautiful maiden is given to abraham by sarai so that she could have children through this egyptian servant how oh, please how many times i've spoken with men and women who could not get what they wanted and so they went to their egyptian sources They went to their worldly sources and they reached out and took for themselves what they wanted, the job they wanted, the house they wanted, the car they wanted. They reached out and took the emotional comfort they wanted in an illicit relationship or from alcohol or from drugs, from fornication, from pornography, reaching out to Egypt, to the world, to grasp what the sinful nature wants. Abraham reached out and grasped this young woman. And she became pregnant. And for the next 13 years, the Holy Spirit would not speak to Abraham the Lord Jesus, the Father. They would not speak to Abraham. They put him in the refrigerator. Now when we begin to think that it's normal for God not to speak to us, we are in deep trouble with God. So in the 17th chapter of Genesis, Abraham is now 99 years old. And the Lord God of heaven appeared to him. And he said, I am God Almighty. Walk before me and be blameless. See, Abraham had not been walking before God blameless. He was walking in the flesh. He was fulfilling the word of God in his own way. By his own strategies and desires he was accomplishing the work of God he was not waiting on God he continued I will confirm my covenant between me and you and will greatly increase your numbers and Abram falls face down on the ground and he makes the covenant again And Abraham when he is told that Sarai is going to have a son at this old age Abraham is a hundred years old Sarah is 90 years old she is already dried up she stopped having periods she's been through menopause and God is saying Sarah will have a child and Abraham can't help but laugh he laughs to himself and he says will a son be born to a man a hundred years old will Sarah have a child at the age of 90 see the the natural flesh does not believe the word of the living God And when we hear it, we laugh. Impossible. Can't happen. I'm too old. I'm too washed up. And then Abraham says something that just pierces my heart. He says, If only Ishmael might live under your blessing. Now, you know what the name Ishmael means? It means God hears. So they named the baby born out of human flesh by a handmaiden from Egypt, God hears. They want Ishmael to live under the blessing of God. He's saying literally, if only the works of the flesh could live under your blessing, God. Let me light my own fires and then bless the work of my hands. Let me do in the flesh what I have to do to take care of business. And Jesus, then would you bless me, please? Bless me, bless me, bless me. How many board meetings I've sat through at churches where they've laid out their wonderful plans and then they've said at the end, now let's pray and ask Jesus to bless our plans. They have an Ishmael. The plans are an Ishmael plan. They're going to go to Egypt and borrow the money to build their church. It's an Ishmael plan. And so many churches today are in desperate condition because they're so deep in debt. They would not trust Jesus to bring the money. Oh, we can't wait on Jesus. He won't do that. Really? I find Jesus always pays for what he orders. But if we're impatient and we go to Egypt, we're put in slavery, debt slavery. And so the church ministry is pinched and pinched and pinched until finally there's almost no ministry left as we pay Pharaoh his debt as we pay the wicked the wicked money changers, the wicked banks, their money. how ungodly So Abraham he wants God to bless Ishmael the work of his own heart, the work of his own hands. He wants God to step in and bless his stuff. What I'm trying to say to you today is God is calling us to higher ground. He's calling us to lay down all that is of the natural man. He's calling us to go through this process of being made holy, that he might lay his burdens on our heart that we might respond and be utterly crucified and allow Jesus to have the power to do what he desires to do. Now after these wonderful promises of God and God has finally come and restored the covenant after his wickedness, On that day Abraham takes his son Ishmael and all those born in his household and he circumcises them. Meaning, all that is of the flesh is foolishness and only that which God produces has value. Jesus said in Matthew, Every plant that is not planted by my Father will be pulled up and cast into the fire at the end of time. So all that you create by your own ingenuity and your own power will not last into the heavenlies. It'll burn. Now begins one of the most wonderful stories in all of Scripture. In the 18th chapter of the book of Genesis. Suddenly, the Lord simply appears on the road, and it's close to the tent of Abraham. He's sitting in the shade in the heat of the day. As he's sitting there and he looks up, there he sees three visitors three that appear like men the wonderful part of this is that he instantly recognizes one of the men as the Lord God Almighty he quickly gets to his feet and he hurries to them he bowed down and put his face on the ground and he said to them In verse 3, if I have found favor in your eyes. My Lord, do not pass your servant by. That is the cry of my heart, O God. While on others thou art calling, do not pass me by. I want all that God has for me. I want all that Jesus wants to do in my life. I desire to be completely crucified with Christ. All natural loves put aside, only that which is the love of God flowing out of my heart. No selfishness, no arrogance, no pride, no wickedness. Oh God, while while thou are going by, do not pass me by. Abraham's heart has been changed. He recognizes now that Ishmael was of his flesh. He has humbled his heart before God. He says, if I have found favor in your eyes, my Lord, do not pass your servant by. A man can only receive what the Holy Spirit will give him and if you go out and grab and growl and get from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil what you desire the Holy Spirit will leave your life he'll depart from you I'm deeply saddened by this because many of you don't even know the Holy Spirit's not with you today you just have your religion You have your anger. You have your bitterness. You have your resentment. You have your goals. You have your objectives. You have your life plans. But you don't know the plans God has for you. Because you've not been willing to be crucified with Christ and give up your life totally for Him. See, this is not just words spoken. This is a process. I've been sharing on the Laodicean church, and we're going to get there yet today. They were blind and wretched and miserable and naked, and they didn't even know it. What's it mean? It means the Holy Spirit had left them. He'd grieved away the Holy Spirit. He says, Let a little water be brought, and then you may wash your feet and rest under this tree. He's saying, I'm offering to you the hospitality as a servant. Abraham was the servant, and he took the servant position. And he said, let me go get water to wash your feet. Let me get you something to eat so that you can be refreshed and then go on your way. Now that you've come to your servant. Do you understand? They were on their way to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. Abraham was not on their agenda. But they were close to Abraham, and the Lord must have said to the two angels, No, before we go on to Sodom and Gomorrah, we must make a stop with my servant Abraham. I love Abraham. As God is going about his business on this earth, as the Holy Spirit is making his traverse across this earth, his eyes searching for a man or woman who will be crucified with Christ. I pray, O God, stop at my house. Stop at my house. Stop for me, Jesus. While another's you are calling, do not pass me by. Stop by my house. I need Jesus. Jesus. I need the fullness of the Holy Spirit. I need to be endued with power from on high. My heart is liquid love for Jesus. Is yours? Is your heart filled with love for Jesus? Do you weep over his kindness and his mercy to you? Barely a day goes by that I don't weep in the prayer closet before the Lord. He is so kind. Jesus is so kind. He's so loving. He's so merciful. And He calls us out of this dark world into fellowship in the light. They don't say to him, Oh no, Abraham, we have to hurry on our journey. No, they say instead, Very well, do as you say. So Abraham hurries into the tent to Sarah. Quick, he said, get three seas of fine flour. That's about 20 quarts. He's going to make a lot of bread. Get the fine flour and knead it and bake some Bread. Then he ran. He didn't walk. He ran to the herd. And he selected a choice tender calf. And he gave it to his servant. And the servant hurried to butcher it and to prepare the meat. This took time. Probably several hours. I wish I knew what Jesus spoke with Abraham about that day. I suspect it was friendship. I suspect it was intimacy with Abraham that day as they waited for the food to be prepared and then to be served. The food is finally ready. And Abraham brings some curds, some cheese curds. He brings fresh milk. And he brings the calf, the beef that had been prepared, and he set it before them. And they ate. He did not sit down and eat with them, but he stood near them under a tree. Why wouldn't he sit and eat with them? Because servants don't sit and eat with masters servants don't sit down with masters to eat and he had taken the place of a humble servant before the almighty God and then when they were all finished with their meal he asked where is your wife Sarah in the tent he said then the Lord said I will surely return to you about this time next year and Sarah Your wife will have a son. Now Sarah's listening at the tent flap. They're old. They're well advanced in years. Sarah's way past the the time of childbirth. And she begins to laugh and say, Will I really have a child now that I'm old? And the Lord said, Why did Sarah laugh? and say, will I really have a child now that I'm old? Is anything too hard for the Lord? I will return to you at the appointed time next year, and Sarah will have a son. Sarah was afraid, and so she lied to the Lord and said, I did not laugh. He said, oh, yes, you did. You did laugh. The men got up to leave, put on their sandals, The promises of God are not absolute promises. They are moral promises. If Abraham and his children had turned away from the Lord, the promises would not have been kept. Eternal security is a myth the devil teaches. It is a lie from the pit of hell, and it will take you to hell if you believe it. Always the promises of God are conditional upon our obedience. Obedience by the power of the blood of Jesus. Obedience by a voluntary response to be crucified with Christ and to live a righteous and godly life, to give up our lives. Lukewarm people will not be able to enter the kingdom of heaven. You cannot go to heaven and be divided between Jesus and this world. You cannot hang with the world and with Jesus too. Impossible, you cannot do it. And then begins the bargaining with God for the life of Sodom and Gomorrah. And Sodom and Gomorrah fell short. And the angels destroyed. The smoke arose. But now let's go to the story of the Laodicean church. Let me just read it for you. I know your works that you are neither cold nor hot. I would that you were cold or hot. So because you are lukewarm and neither hot nor cold, I am about to vomit you out of my mouth. Because you say I am rich and have become wealthy and have need of nothing, you do not know that you are wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. In other words, they didn't know their true heart condition. They'd walked in the way of the flesh. They'd walked in the way of their religion. They'd walked hanging out between God and the world, enjoying all of the benefits of the world, and still claiming that they were on their way to heaven. And he then counsels them to buy gold, having been refined by fire. And I've shared with you the passages of Scripture that the gold is faith. It means entering into those those very hard times in the fire where God puts us in order to get a handle upon us, to teach us to depend upon him and to turn from our sin. And then the white garments. The righteous actions where everything we do is now righteous before God there is no voluntary sin sin is by definition voluntary we make mistakes that's not sin we have infirmities that's not sin sin is a voluntary choice on my part to rebel against the word of the living god to my heart wearing white clothes revelation tells us that those are the righteous actions of the saints And then ISAV. ISAV, so that we have the power of the Holy Spirit to unveil every darkness of our heart. Plead with God. Send the Holy Spirit to me to reveal the true condition of my heart. Don't be satisfied with the low valley. We've been called up to higher ground. Don't be satisfied living in your depression and your discouragement. You're in that place of pain and fire. You're in that job because of the process God wants to bring to pass in your life to teach you to walk in righteousness. Now claim the Holy Spirit that you could truly see and understand your true heart condition before a holy God. Don't make Jesus withdraw from you like he did from Abraham for 13 years while you ask God to bless the work of your flesh. and then in verse 19 all those whom I may love I convict and instruct the word in the Greek can be translated also reprove rebuke bringing conviction and shame for sin And then he instructs us, okay, this is what you must do. Remember the instruction given to Abraham? (laughs) The demand that he live without sin before God? So you must be zealous. That is, you must be totally earnest. You must be eager. You must be given to searching after God. In your honest repentance, in turning away from wickedness, in being cleansed by the Holy Spirit, by the blood of Jesus. And then he says these magnificent words Listen, I have stood at the door, and I am knocking. If anyone may hear my voice and may open the door, I will also come into him and will dine with him and he with me. So in the new covenant, unlike Abraham, who must stand aside as the servant and not be allowed to eat with the Lord God of heaven, in the new covenant, he comes and sits down with us like family, and he invites us to eat with him what an incredible honor to be invited by Jesus to sit down and eat with him now this section opens with saying listen I have stood at the door he's saying I've always stood outside your door but you could not hear me knocking because you were still given to the world and to the flesh and to the devil you were still given to your religion you always were in the low land you refused to let me bring the fire of the Holy Spirit into your heart you refused to listen as I rebuked you for your wickedness you wanted the low life he said I've always been standing here knocking My brother, my sister, today I just want you to hear the incredible love of Jesus. He does not desire that any man or woman be lost. I'm going to stop for just a moment. Today, if this message is touching your heart and you want to come up to higher ground and you need me to pray for you, would you call quickly 877- Five three four, zero seven eight zero. and I'll speak with you and I'll pray with you and I'll encourage your heart 877 534 0780 if you call now I'll speak with you and I'll pray with you And I also want to say one other thing quickly. I thank each one of you who has sacrificially given that this radio broadcast could be on the air again this month. I praise God for your willingness to sacrifice for Jesus. And let me pray for you quickly. Lord, I pray now for every man and woman who helped contribute, Sacrificially. that this broadcast of pilgrim's progress could be on the air this month For lord if you had not moved in their hearts we would not be on air and i would have simply retired to my prayer closet for fasting and prayer to wait on your next set of instructions but you've said come and speak of me again today and i thank you for the honor of speaking of you jesus I pray your rich blessing for each who has sacrificially given some, even giving the widows the widow's penny. Lord, thank you. I ask the blessing of your Holy Spirit. I declare your blood over them in the name of Jesus. Amen. I'm here if you would like to talk, if you'd like me to pray for you 877 Are you aware of the Holy Spirit knocking on your door? Are you aware of Jesus knocking on your door? If you're not aware of it it's because you have not finished the work of repentance don't pretend that you're saved until you're eating with Jesus until you're feasting with Jesus not on religion on Jesus on the deep things of the Lord God of heaven where he's called you to be crucified Have you entered into that process of laying down your bitterness and your anger and your lack of forgiveness? Have you entered into that process of of being cleansed and washed by the blood? Are you still seeking after the entertainment of this world? Then you'll never hear the Holy Spirit or Jesus knocking on your door the din of the world is so loud with the television and the radio and the magazines and the novels and the, and the Facebook page and the cell phone and there's so much din in the world that you'll never hear the gentle knocking of Jesus until you turn it all off and begin to pray and ask could I hear you Jesus knocking on my door? And when I hear you, Jesus, I'll open the door. I want you to come in and eat with me. I want a fellowship with you, Jesus. You're the love of my heart. Everything my heart desires is found in you, Jesus. There is nothing else of value, everything else is but trash. It's you I desire, Jesus. It's your heart I desire, Jesus. I love you, my Lord. He says, I will come in and I will dine with him and he with me. That's what Jesus is calling us to. He's calling us to feast with him. He's calling us to give way and begin the process of being made righteous, justified by faith. Righteousness is a gift from God. It's not make-believe righteousness. It's real righteousness. It's being led out into the desert. It's being led into the fire. It's where everything of this flesh and this world is consumed, and Jesus is everything to our hearts. It's where we see Jesus on Calvary. We see him lifted up, his arms spread wide. It's where we see the resurrected Lord. It's where we see Jesus in all of his beauty, all of his majesty. Is this your experience today? Is this where you are today or are you still in the lowlands and you need to come up to higher ground
1: I'm pressing on the upward way new heights I'm Me are heard, for faith has caught the joyful sound, the song of saints on higher ground. I want to scale the utmost height and catch a gleam of glory bright, but still I'll pray till heaven I find. Lord lead me Lord. on to higher ground. Lord lift me, me up, Lord lift me up, and let me stand My faith yeah. on heaven's table The higher plane mm-hmm. that I have found. Lord plant my feet on higher ground.
0: cold hardness of heart must be broken. This stubborn indifference in this city must be broken. Lord, I come. I have no power to break this cold indifference to you. I have no ability to speak or act in a way that would cause a man or a woman to repent for their sin and turn from their hardness of heart from their coldness and lukewarmness but oh Lord you can't I plead your blood over Washington DC over this whole area this listening audience Lord I plead for your blood to cover them to wash them to make them clean I plead with you to send your Holy Spirit to bring great conviction of sin, to break the hearts of men and women, even now as I'm praying. Lord, would you send forth your Spirit over the city of Washington, D.C.? Lord, would you send forth your Spirit over President Trump and over his officials? Would you send your Holy Spirit out over the Senate? Would you send your Holy Spirit out and bring great conviction, giving instruction? Lord, would you prepare your people's hearts for your coming? Mighty God, if you do not break this wickedness of heart, this religiosity, the wickedness, if you do not break the worldliness, how can your church be saved? Lord, start in the church start with those who call themselves christians but are lukewarm and will be cast out lord would you send your holy spirit now upon this city and bring great conviction to the heart of every man and woman listening to this broadcast today lord the burden of their sin is upon my heart the burden of their salvation is upon my heart Lord, would you go forth over this city now? Would you break this indifference, this hardness? O Spirit of the living God, come and rescue the people of Jesus, lest they be cast out and barred from the kingdom above. Please, I ask, as on others you are calling, do not pass Washington, D.C. by... We are the least deserving. The wickedness that has flowed out of this city. The wickedness that has flowed out of this government. The death of millions of babies. Across the nations. The death, Lord, of countless numbers of innocent women and children as we've dropped our bombs. As we've destroyed nations. The wickedness, Lord, on every hand. The corruption in our banking system. The wickedness in the Federal Reserve. The corruption in the FBI and in the Justice Department. Lord, I am pleading. Send your Holy Spirit to convict of sin and cause law and order to once more rule over this land under your power, Lord Jesus. For you are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. You are the one who sets up a president or takes a person down. Lord, I ask your blessing for President Trump today and his family. I ask that you protect them from the enemy. I ask, Lord, that you protect the cabinet picks, these selections prompted by your Holy Spirit, Lord, would you rule today over our nation? Would you restore us in your grace and in your mercy? And Lord, I pray for every pastor in Washington metro area. I pray that you will bring such heavy conviction upon their hearts that they will stand in the pulpit and weep before their people because they have lied to them about what it means to be saved and about righteousness and about holiness. Lord, I ask you to bless those precious men and women who speak your truth from the pulpit. I ask you to multiply them, and to bless their congregations. Lord, thank you. Thank you, Jesus, I pray. Do not pass us by. In the name of Jesus, amen. You've been listening to Pilgrim's Progress. I'm Ray Greenley. I pastor the National Prayer Chapel. You're welcome to come and visit us. Go to our webpage, nationalprayerchapel.com. That's nationalprayerchapel.com. You'll find the directions there for where we meet at the All Saints Anglican Church in Woodbridge, Virginia. God bless you, my brother, my sister. I'm praying for you. I'm crying out to God for you. I love you. I'll talk to you soon. From
1: falling to present you before the presence of His glory.